Hey everyone, welcome back to Redefining ABCD. Today we will dive into another episode in our Larger Than Us segment. In this episode, we will have our first guest of the segment, Bijan Basu. For those of you who don't know, LGBTQ is an acronym for a lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer or questioning. These terms are used to describe a person's sexual orientation or gender identity. Today, we are going to be having a conversation with Bijan to learn more about the LGBTQ community and how we as South Asians in our South Asian community can be better allies to our friends who identify as LGBTQ. So our goal for this episode is to publicize the learning process and have an open conversation about how we can educate ourselves and others about the LGBTQ plus community. Um, So to get started, um, Bijan, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah. Also, thank you so much, Kirti and Sneha, for this opportunity. Hi, everyone. My name is Bijan Basu. I am 16 and currently a junior at Cincinnati Country Day School, where I'm actually a board member and leader of our Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion Council, which, if I talk about later, I'll be referring to it as the EDI. Um, I'm also a Kathak dancer at Nirthya Manjira School of Dance, learning from my Guruji Nupur Paul, and will actually soon give my fifth-year curriculum exam. Um, Regarding the South Asian community, my parents are from Calcutta, India, and I'm Bengali and speak Bangla, and I'm also part of the LGBTQ plus community. I actually came out as gay at 13 years old. Um, And a really cool experience that I've had was as a freshman, I went to the SCLC conference, which stands for Student Diversity Leadership Conference. Um, And this was in 2018, and it was in Nashville. And basically we learned how to have difficult conversations and overall make independent schools more inclusive to minorities. A lot of what I learned, I continue to use in my life and the EDI council at school. Awesome, going off that, like growing up, how did you feel about embracing your South Asian culture here in the US? And how did you kind of juggle that between like Indian and Western culture and finding like your identity? Yeah, so quite honestly, it was pretty difficult. Um, From first to fifth grade, I went to a mostly white public school, and it was really hard to truly be myself. So at this school, I was bullied a lot, and a lot of it came from, you know, dancing kathak, wanting to be friends with girls. But the thing is, I wasn't, I didn't come to terms with my identity for a very long time, and I really didn't even know what sexuality was or sexual orientation. So I would say that I didn't come to terms with any of this until sixth grade, and that was when I switched schools. And At this private school, I was able to more freely embrace my South Asian culture as well as my sexual orientation. So in regards to South Asian culture, I was able to perform at talent shows and participate in school-wide cultural events, such as the WALI. And with my identity, thanks to the EDI Council, I'm able to work on issues regarding minorities and help create an even more accepting school environment. Um, So Kathak is a major part of my identity. I've been dancing Kathak since I was, I think, at least seven years old. Um, I was and still am the only male dancer at Nirthya Manjira. And during my childhood, there was a lot of times where I felt like quitting because, you know, I was surrounded by girls. I had to wear makeup, you know, for shows. And I just wasn't, I, I lost my passion for it a lot of times. But I always came back to it because in Bengali community events, I always saw Didi's or, you know, people who I would consider my sisters and watch them dance. And I just fell in love with it all over again. And so as I grew up and I knew more about myself, I realized that Bengali, the Bengali community and Gattak was a major part of my identity. 
Nice. Just going off of that, is there someone specific that you admire some, uh, that um, regarding like, you know, uh, South Asian culture and like uh, embracing both sides of, of that spectrum? Yeah, you know, I truly, I truly, truly admire my family. Um, I think we all know that the struggle of being immigrants in America is quite real. <laughs> and the sacrifice yes. that my parents made to raise my brother Shoham and I is something that I truly can't thank them enough for. Um, and my entire family, you know, I'm grateful for them because they're not only supportive of me and my identity, but also my career in the arts and clearly my passion for activism. They push me like no other and they continue to daily teach me values of respect and integrity. And I love them and I would not ask for, you know, any other family or any other um, home environment to be in. Yeah, that's really great that your parents support you. And like, that's a really great pillar to have to going off of like, to go on to that, like, what was your coming out experience like? And because you kind of talked about how your parents were supportive, but kind of how was that for you? Yeah, so it's actually a quite funny story. And I always enjoy telling people whenever they ask. So let's kind of set the time frame. So it's 2017. (laughs) And I'm on a cruise going to Alaska, right? And so we're at one of the stops. Um, I can't quite remember which part of Alaska it was. But all I know is that we were about to get on a bus and go search for bears in the forest. I'm not joking. (laughs) Um, Love that. (laughs) Yeah. And all I recall about my feelings at the time was I was just so ready to come out. Like, if I thought, like, you know, some guy was cute, I just wanted to tell someone. I, like, I didn't think it was that big of a deal and that it affected anybody, right? I wanted to be able to be myself and truly enjoy, you know, being in Alaska or any other experience that I'm having in my life. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, all I remember is that I was just ready to come out. And it felt like a pressure just building up inside of me that I just wanted to relieve. So... As we're getting onto the bus, I'm just crying for no reason. And my parents are like, why are you crying? Like, (laughs) you're 13. Like, are you scared? Are you anxious? Like, what's happening? We're about to go find some bears. Let's just have a fun time. And I'm just crying and I can't say anything. So we get onto the bus and then I'm sitting with my brother and my parents are in front of me. And I'm just still, I'm still crying. I can't stop. And my brother Shoham, he, like, I remember this part vividly. And, you know, I'm probably never going to forget it. He's then asking me, you know, are you okay? Are you okay? What's wrong? And I'm just, yeah, it's a, it's a part of me. I don't know what, like, it's it's just something about me. I can't tell you. I don't, I don't want to. I don't know. Um, and after a lot of back and forth, my brother eventually went, does it start with a G? And I was just, I was shocked. And I was like, no way. You're kidding me. Like, <laughs> and I was like, okay, they, like, he knows. And, you know, I think regards to in regards to the lgbtq community you know there's a lot of assuming which obviously i think is incorrect but in my situation if anything i felt safe you know that like it could have been that i never was gay right but my brother was okay with the fact that it was if i was right so i really really felt supported in that situation um and you know i remember he gave me a big hug and then i was Aww. crying even more and <laughs> then immediately i was like okay well if my brother knows time to tell the parents <laughs> and so i, I tapped my parents shoulders and i'm like mom dad i'm gay and they're like okay <laughs> that's okay <laughs> like they're like like okay it's not that big of a deal like we still love you but, and honestly it was a reaction of like oh come on we knew like <laughs> right, right. kidding me um and all I remember about this experience was just how different my life seemed, you know, in the midst of a second. 
and the colors just seemed brighter and I could truly be myself in the world. And the thing is, I know how lucky I was in my experience because there's so many kids, especially in not even just South Asian, but Asian communities where, you know, it's really hard to come out or even talk about identity because it's something that's suppressed. Nobody wants to hear about it. Nobody, quite frankly, cares. And I think that's something that a lot of people, you know, deal with. And the fact that I didn't have to, I really appreciated that. And, you know, in for the South Asian community, there's a story I love to tell. And this goes back to my experience um, in Nashville in 2018 at SDLC. So this was a huge convention. You know, there were like, you know, a few thousand kids taking up a, a whole hotel and there were sessions throughout the day. You know, you woke up at like seven, you didn't go back to your hotel room till like maybe 1 a.m. So it was it was three days of just staying up, learning about identities, learning about minorities and, you know, just really trying to make the world a better place. Right. And something that SDLC offered was affinity groups. So this, these sessions would happen like, I think every night or so. And obviously I went to the South uh, Asian <laughs> affinity group. And I remember that one night they said, okay, now we're going to have an open discussion. If anybody would like to talk or bring up a topic, please come forward, um, you know, state your question or, you know, your subject and just sit down and people will stand up and join you and, you know, have a little circle discussion while, you know, the, like a few hundred other kids are just around just listening and, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get up and I go and I say, hi, everyone. My name is Bijan. You know, this is my story. I came out as gay at 13. Um, and this was about a year later after I came out. And so I said, are you LGBTQ plus in the South Asian community? And if you are, what's your experience been like? And I sit down and it's honestly, it was cricket. Like it felt like the longest five seconds of my life. Because I was like, this is something people probably just don't want to talk about. And I think that's an accurate representation of actual South Asian communities in the world. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, a few people come up and they sit down and, you know, there's people who are straight and just wanted to say, like, this is my parents' view of being LGBTQ+. Or there are people who were actually a part of the community and wanted to tell their story. So what I remember is I met a... Um, an Indian girl who identified as bisexual and she simply told me if I came out to my parents I would simply be kicked out of my home and that immediately broke my heart because I never realized that not everybody has the same experience as me not everybody's in Alaska finding bears crying (laughs) and then coming out as gay not everybody's having that experience (laughs) and you know, it really, it brought to light that there's so many people struggling in the world. And I think that is really what furthered my passion, because I would say I was not an activist before I came out, before I could tell that there were minorities in the world. And these are the genuine struggles that these people go through. Um, So I think that's really important to always acknowledge is that, you know, in and out of the South Asian community, there's not always people that are accepted and people don't always have a safe support system. Um. And yeah, I just think that I was very lucky with my experience, but I always keep in mind that some people are not going through the same thing as me. And so it's really important if you know anybody who's LGBTQ to 
constantly remind them that they're loved and when they're safe to come out because if you come out and you're not in a safe space then that it's torture and it's horrible and I don't even want to imagine what that can do to an individual um so yeah going off of that like like were there any like I know you said that like it was it was a very like liberating experience and it was your your parents are very like open to just open with um were there any like adjustments you had to make after coming out to your loved ones and like maybe extending into like friends and like um like maybe extended family like how did were there any adjustments that you had to go through oh yeah so I think we can tell that I'm a master at crying um so that'll come that'll come up in just a second um so yeah I think anybody who comes out their life changes in more ways than one and the sad truth is that it's uncontrollable um and this was something that I you know immediately immediately in eighth grade had to deal with like immediately as we started school you know drama rumors blah 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 right, blah. right. I wasn't able to like people I wasn't able to you know and I was like oh my god <laughs> so this this is what it's like being gay I thought I was like you know I'm gonna come out I'm gonna get a boyfriend you know life's great everything's gonna happen and I was like that's just not true at all <laughs> um well you know if it is true for you you're one of the lucky ones to say the least um <laughs> so Yeah, so I lost a lot of friends after coming out, but I also think that when you come out young, and I know that there's a lot of people that come out even earlier than I did, um, it's really hard to expect maturity from a bunch of 13 or younger year olds. Um, Yeah. And I think I I wouldn't have gone through these difficult times if I didn't have, you know, the best friends that I did. So... I know a lot of people nowadays come out to a close friend and then, you know, to their family and to their loved ones. For me, the experience was the opposite. I immediately came out to my brother and then my family. Um, And then, you know, it was difficult for me to tell my best friend, but I was like, I I, I need to. And quite frankly, these people probably know already. Um, So this is something I would tell people is that if you do decide to come out, you know, make sure you have you know, a really, really good friend or a trusted teacher or, you know, anybody, because what happened, what the reality is, is that if you come out in high school or even in college, it, it literally doesn't matter when you come out, there will be people being homophobic, period. That's just, that's just how, you know, the world is right now. And there's, you know, straight males and straight women that just assume if somebody's gay, lesbian, um, bi, or, you know, in between, that, they're predators and that's just disgusting and I think being homophobic to an LGBTQ individual is the worst thing you can do to them because not only is it not your business that they who they like and who they love and what they identify as but you're 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 promoting harassment and this is something that I've had to deal with at you know um my new school and my earlier school so I think honestly it's inevitable, but I think that the more you educate and teach people of how to treat LGBTQ individuals and that you don't need to cut them off, right? Like just because somebody is gay or bi or lesbian or somewhere in between or they're you know, they're struggling to figure out their identity, there's no reason to cut them off immediately because that is mental torture for the individual. Um and all I know is that if I didn't have my best friends and my family who were just my main support system and the people I truly knew 
loved me and supported me and did not care about my sexuality like that, like that it didn't change the way I am, um, I, I don't know what I would have done during those really, really difficult and dark times at school. Yeah, it's really it's really upsetting to hear like if you if someone doesn't know something, their first reaction is fear or like hatred, like it's a negative emotion, which is really a like I feel like that that's such a sad thing that that's like the first go to reaction for someone. It's kind of like let's go, kind of going off into like more broader topics, so we can kind of talk about like maybe the community as a whole. Um, we really enjoyed like thanks for like sharing your experience. Um, and yeah, so we really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, the first question I kind of wanted to ask was like, why do you think sexual orientation and anything regards to like the LGBTQ community is deemed as like a sensitive topic in our South Asian community? I think the simple answer is that there's a lack of education and conversation in South Asia about this. There's not much emphasis on an individual's identity, at least what I feel. So right. for many in the community, you know, LGBTQ plus or not, it's really difficult for, you know, people with a traditional view, you know, and that happens in every culture, um, to understand the struggles of those in the LGBTQ community or, you know, any any minority or any struggle that an individual might have in regards to their identity. I think it's really hard for um, people to understand that and be open, but I think it's it's amazing what our parents have done for us because they're immigrants to the United States. And I truly think that this is, you know, a new opportunity for Indian and South Asian families to be more open as family and friends and encourage that conversation and remind their kids that no matter what, you're still loved. And I think, you know, while maintaining our beautiful cultures, we can still promote a healthy and safe environment where, you know, having a different identity does not mean that you matter any less and it's really interesting because um like in hinduism in itself like the concept of gender fluidity is very common like like even like the, i don't know if anybody knows the story about like ayapa who's a hindu mm-hmm. god um shiva i think turns into a female and yeah uh and, or vishnu one of them and then that's how ifo was created and so like the like trans concept of being trans is like very prevalent in our like religion but somehow in society it's like frowned upon or like deemed yeah. like not right which is very interesting to see how like it's if it's so prevalent in a religion why do we hate it so much when it's actually like with people yeah it makes me wonder like maybe like if it has anything to do with like colonialism and like british that's what i was gonna say coming coming to india because i feel like if it's so prevalent in 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 our culture and religion and everything like there has i mean i think it's it's definitely the colonialism aspect that you know british came and basically instigated all these western culture western whatever topics and everything got confused and yeah i i don't know it i think that's why that that would be my assumption at least yeah and i completely agree um so recently i think we all know that um gay sex was decriminalized so you know still not still nice. not the support we want but you right. know it's a little bit better um so that i'm pretty sure is actually overturning a rule that was instilled by the british in india Right. Um, oh, interesting. So, so yeah, because I think Hinduism is so beautiful. And, you know, if you go to temples and, you know, a lot of people who study, you know, architecture and these um, drawings and these paintings um, of Hinduism, um, they will tell you that, yes, this is, you know, a transgender god or this is gay sex being shown 
you know, in a religious perspective. Right. So, yeah, I think it's 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 horrible that colonialism, you know, has you know destroyed you know what may have seemed like a very accepting religion or community. Um, right. But yeah, I do think that has a lot to do with um, how LGBTQ individuals are treated in not only India but also South Asia, you know, in modern times. I think it also might have to do because I was like thinking it could also be like just human nature like I think there's like a fear of the unknown so just because it's such a stigma in the community like people are scared to talk about it and therefore they just want to avoid it they're like oh you're like I don't know anything about it so it's easier to avoid it and I don't know and of course there's also like people who just don't like they're just homophobic to begin with and then I think it just gets trickled down but I do think like I to make it make it's a little hopeful maybe I I did see the I think I think India has a potential of getting there eventually, at least with the generations to come. Um, like our generation in India, I think they think there's hope. But maybe I'm just being naive in this situation. I don't know because even America, like it's just I don't know. <laughs> it, it, they're not doing so hot here either. So I don't know. I I think there's definitely opportunity. To, I think we're moving in a di- good direction, but it still has so much. Like there's still so much. Yeah that needs to change and like so much fear and so much stigma that needs to change around the topic. I would say keep your hope. <laughs> keep yes, <laughs> keep <Yeah>. the hope. <laughs> I think I think that the main thing is just educating people because the main yeah. reason why people hate or like not hate but like are like so negative towards this like topic is because they don't know or like they've made assumptions and like like talking especially with like being in an engineering major at UC there's a lot of rednecks so like, oh, I yeah. like I'm like a double minority in the field so I kind of like can see like their perspective um but a lot of times a lot of them say like this is how I grew up they were like my parents have told me like your image of you is something that's not great or like it's not like what America is but like you're like but like hearing it like straight on from someone like after they meet me they're like oh so this is another possibility of America like after being educated of like what diversity is they some people have taken it into a better light so I think I agree with you like there is hope but just hoping that like everybody's more accepting and like being okay like accepting that like they've made a mistake about an assumption is I think a really important factor yeah and I think it's extremely unfortunate um but you know through my coming out experience I've learned that it's it's really uncontrollable it's not in your hands yeah yeah um but yeah as you said constantly educating people you know homophobic or not you know whether they believe it's a choice or a preference whatever you know whatever these beliefs might be um constantly educating and constantly just telling people just keeping it in their mind and letting them form their own opinion um because if that's one thing i've learned through the edi council is not to not to force any view you know you can continue to educate people but at the end of the day it's up to them whether to change or not or you know adjust their view or not um And that's extremely hard, especially for me, if I'm talking to somebody who's straight up homophobic um, and telling me that that that's that's not right. Why, why, why are you like this? Like, I like I don't I don't know what to say at times. But, you know, what I say is that why does it matter to you? You know, and I keep these key points that I constantly repeat. And, you know, it's crazy because I've seen so many of my own friends who have been homophobic um, right. in the South Asian in the Bengali community. And you know, pretty recently, you know, before, you know, pre-COVID, <laughs> um, we had met and, you know, a lot of them have apologized. And I think that's the character development that we need, right? Like, 
the more you tell people, I think people will consider and they w- will think about it. Um, so, yeah. No, yeah, that's awesome that, like, they've actually come back and apologized because that takes, like, that takes a big part of, like, yeah. someone to do. Yeah. A lot of ego that they have to get over in order to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, on the lines of educating people, like as support, like like Sneha and I, we're like we're allies and supporters, but we feel like we like how can we support our friends and the LGBT community, and how can we support people who are like thinking about like joining the community or coming out? Like, what are some ways that we can do as allies to help? So you know, just before we started recording, you very respectfully asked me, "Hey, Bijan, how can I rephrase this question?" And I think that's the best thing you can do. You can be open to listen and respectfully ask questions. And the thing about, you know, respectfully doing it, that doesn't always happen. And that's simply because of a lack of, you know, knowing terminology, you know, but that that will evolve over time. Um, But for me, I think, you know, educating and informing is a great first step. And, you know, that's, that's the first thing. Then... It's up to the other individual, you know, to ask questions and to, you know, to not make it awkward because this shouldn't, a conversation about the LGBTQ plus community shouldn't be awkward. It should be normal. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if they're able to, you know, feel safe. So many people come to me at my school because they're like, hey, I know you won't judge me for this. And that's simply because I've had a very, very long experience, you know, and I've been open. I've been openly out for a very long time. So, you know, even if people say something that is offensive to me, I know that they don't mean it and they want to know and they want to do better. Um, And so, you know, I think it's really important that you continue to ask questions and continue to normalize these conversations. Um, And if you have friends in the LGBTQ community or if anybody listening, you know, thinks that they are a part of the community, first of all, you're loved and, you know, you're welcome and I love you. Um, and if, so as a friend, what you can do to these people is that you can remind them that they're loved when you can. So, because so many people deal with homophobia, you know, on the daily and, you know, it, it builds up over time and, and it, it hurts if you can't openly talk about it to somebody else. So be an ally, show love and support. And if not, you know, that also is hurting LGBTQ individuals. So if you hear, you know, some remark or you know that this person saw something on social media or, you know, you think that something offensive might have just happened, you know, be in contact. Ask if they're okay. Ask if there's anything you can do. Because I think, you know, with being gay, being stigma, a lot of people, you know, just don't want to be involved in the conversation at all and hold back. And I think that is also, you know, promote not it's not promoting but it's also letting homophobia just happen so if you think that there's something you can do take action help your friend make sure that they're okay and show them constant love and support and I think that's the best way you can be an ally if you're willingly you know being open to listen and educate yourself then you're doing amazing and continue to do so 
I feel like that's really will be beneficial for like the younger generation, kind of like us as allies. Um, but kind of going back to how like we kind of stressed on like how educating people and informing people um, is like the most important way to like help people kind of be more aware and like less homophobic. How, like, what are your what do you think are some good ways for people to learn about the LGBTQ community that are like kind of like older gen, like our parents who have not really been exposed to this growing up and like really think it's such a taboo thing to talk about? Yeah, so the first thing I would say is to just encourage discussions because there's, although my parents were accepting of LGBTQ+, you know, there's still some topics that they're, you know, unaware of or might have, you know, a traditional view of. And I know that they don't mean any harm. And I know that all they want to do is continue to learn and change their view. So encouraging discussions is great. Um, I think, you know, there's... To, like there's so many articles and um, news channels that you know are openly supportive of the LGBTQ community. You know there's the Glad organization that you know continues to um, have movements and um, take action on for LGBTQ rights. Um, so you know as a son or daughter or you know any any identifier that you may you know uh, prefer. Um, the best thing you can do is to just encourage these discussions. I think that's just the best way you can do so and show people that this isn't harmful to you. These are people that you know are born like this. These are people that um, feel that this is the best way they can identify themselves. Because the truth is, being LGBTQ simply means that you're just adding on to your identity. It does not mean that you're any less human. It does not mean that you're not worth anything. All it means is that you have found something to best identify yourself as. And what we should constantly tell older generations and younger generations is that if that, that, that simply does not affect you. And the best thing you can do is tell people that that's okay. And that you, and that you, um, you know, continue to love them or that you can support them or just, you know, encourage these discussions and ask them, what can I do? What, how can I help? And, you know, if you ever have any issues, come talk to me. Yeah, no, I was also going to say, like, maybe, like, conduct your own research. Like, actually, like, you know, you said you talked about, like, articles. There's so many articles online. There's so many, like, yeah. just just getting to know the identities and, like, the different, like, I mean, there's so many, there's so many groups of people in within the LGBTQ community that you can still, you, I think just conducting your own research also just, you know, if you get interested, basically. Yeah. And I think like also... over the summer with Black Lives Matter and yeah. the disgusting mm-hmm. murder of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, I remember that it was June 1st when the Cincinnati downtown protest um, was happening. And, you know, I went and I wore a mask and my brother and I, we both went and it was it was hot, but we were there because we knew that this is an injustice in America. Right. Um, I think that was also, you know, a shock to many, you know, immigrant parents. I think that's also a moment where people realize, like, okay, like, we came to America for better opportunity, but there's still injustice here. Right, right. right. And yeah. so I remember that, you know, this is so June 1st, so that clearly means it's Pride Month, you know, it's great. Yeah. And I, being a gay individual, I knew that if, you know, since I am gay, I also have to support Black Lives Matter. because they just like me they're also a minority in this country and they deserve human rights what is happening in america 
and you know in a lot of places around the world is that governments and you know political leaders are simply trying to take away human rights the truth is black individuals and lgbtq individuals do not deserve anything less they deserve the same and i think um events like these you know for parents obviously older parents it was a shock but i also think that they were like yeah wait no this is wrong so i think a lot of movements like that they do that that's a that's a very good opening to have these conversations and tell your parents like hey so do you know about the lgbtq plus community do you know about black lives matter you know what's what's your stance on that how do you feel about that um i know that i've had these conversations with tons of people and all i can tell you is that if you you know if there's civil discussions then something will come out of it and it will be good that's that's the best thing i can say yeah just kind of go off of that like I remember in like like one of my close friends came out as um lesbian and she kind of came out to her family first and her family wasn't really supportive and then she kind of came to me and she came out and she was like I don't know what to do because I have no one on my side and I just remember like the first thing I did was I was like I like like, that's amazing that you came out and you're identifying as that but then the first thing I did after that was kind of like google what do I do because I like at the time had no idea because she was like one of my first friends who came out and so I like I wanted to be there for her but I wanted to be there for her in a right way so like just like for people who are kind of in that similar situation as allies just googling it it sounds silly but like it works like googling how yeah. to do it sounds too I think simple it really but... yeah. yeah exactly just a simple google and then asking them like what can i do kind of going back to what vision said of like being there for them as a person like is really important like what can i do to help you get through like this because like i feel like a lot of like things mental health wise can come up and stuff like that that are really linked to like coming out and so like i think it's yeah just a simple google people is very effective right. <laughs> Breach. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, okay, this is a good segue. Um, The next question was, uh, going off of that, how do you feel about the representation in the media of the LGBTQ? In the the media, maybe extending to Hollywood representation of the LGBTQ community. So I think with um, any minority, it's a mixed feeling. Um, You know, there's constant constant discrimination um, against minorities in the media. But I think, you know, as I said, with the rise of Black Lives Matter, a lot of these issues are constantly in my feed. And that's, for me at least, that's extremely heartwarming because I'm seeing that these people do care about it and they're trying to get a point out there. And so I think that for many groups, especially the LGBTQ plus community, our voices are being heard. And I think that constant posting and seeing it on stories and people saying, hey, this isn't your business. Why does it matter to you? Pass a law make it legal, you know, whatever they're trying right, to, right. whatever the point that they're trying to get across, constantly posting about that, that, that's awareness right there. And that's how, you know, for the LGBTQ plus community, I feel like Pride Month was a great time because not only were people supporting um, Black Lives Matter, but they were also saying, did you know that Marsha P. Johnson was a transgender Black woman who um, was at the Stonewall riots? So not only was she fighting for her identity and her identity's rights, but she was also fighting for equality because she was black. Um, So for South Asians, especially, I do think it's really rare to see people like us in the media. So LGBTQ South Asians, but when I do, it's extremely heartwarming. And I see like the cutest, like Hindu marriages for gay couples. And it's amazing. And I love seeing it. Um, 
but yeah, I, I really do hope that this will no longer be a struggle soon because I know at least for me, I'm openly out and I continue to post my experience as much as I can. And, um, you know, over the summer, I have had so many close friends come out to me. It's it's like the best feeling in the world because right. it's like I know that I'm really not alone. Like all these people go through so, you know, the, everybody's journey matters and it's so difficult you know, once you're out and you can openly speak about it and, you know, you're a part of the community, I think, um, I think it's a very strong and connected and united community. And I think that um, our voices, recently at least, are extremely heard. And I think that's great. What stereotypes um, that the media use do you think uh, misrepresents people in the LGBT community? Uh, so I think recently there's been a lot of quote-unquote secret language on the media um so something that I've seen is that there's emojis that people are using and um so there's one example that's pretty pretty often seen on TikTok especially um and it's you know the 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 girl getting her nails done it's that it's that emoji and uh well not not a girl anybody can get their nails done um But that emoji, basically, I'm saying, like, oh, are people, like, is he, you know, emoji question mark? And that's, like, implying, like, oh, they're a part of the LGBTQ community. Simply put, that's hate speech. And that's not good. Because assuming people's, you know, gender or sexuality, that's that's not your place. And I think that's the biggest thing with injustices in the world right now. It's that a lot of people just don't understand that it's not their place to say anything. Um, so along with that, there's a lot of stereotypes in terms of um, an LGBTQ couple must have a male or a female in the relationship. And this is something that I've heard for a very long time. And quite honestly, I was like, yeah, like, I feel like that's true to an extent. But I realized, like, that's that, that's also hate, hate speech. Like, that's incredibly mean. Because implying that, you know, if you're gay, that means you're feminine. Or if you're lesbian, that means you're masculine. Or somebody has to be masculine in that relationship. That, that's incredibly wrong. And, you know, I think it's really important to notice that people's ideas do change because I did think that that was true for a very long time. But, you know, if you're openly educating yourself and, you know, I happen to be in the community, but, you know, if you're not and if you think that way, try to get a better perspective of it. That's because it's that's not true. Um, and then another thing is just how openly the F slur is used. Unfortunately, a lot in the um, South Asian community it's derogatory and it's really really offensive Um, and just the impact of saying that really really hurts LGBTQ individuals people all the time tell me I I just didn't know that's what it meant I I, I'm sorry and I'm like okay you know I, I I forgive you but the reality is that you know other individuals who are in the community may not because that is derogatory language and it, it's hurtful so yeah I think minimizing a lot of these stereotypes um, such as you know there has to be a male or a female in the relationship or that you know an emoji they might use or you know the way they act might be implying that that's not your business and I think a lot of people should know their place and not disrespect other people and their identities because at the end of the day it doesn't 
affect them. Right. Um, so on the flip side, is there any media that brings pride to the community um, and stuff that you'd like to see more of maybe on social media? Yeah, so Pride Month is a great time for LGBTQ media, um, you know, and this year it was different because we were promoting two movements at the same time. Um, but it's a great time. There's so many stories of the original riots, so the Stonewall riots, and how LGBTQ individuals furthered the fight to gay rights. And as I've said before, whenever I see uh, South Asian LGBTQ individuals, that w- makes me extremely happy. And like those marriages, I like save pictures and I'm like, mom, this is what I want right here. <laughs> I want a Hindu <laughs> wedding. <laughs> yeah, like this is exactly what I want. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot, a lot of great media, but also hate never goes away. So hate is also there. And, um, you know, kind of going back to the last question, um, which I'm sorry for doing, but so uh, during Pride Month this year, there was a movement called Pride Fall, and it was started by a lot of homophobic people um, who, you know, threatened to, you know, DM hate messages and, um, you know, find people on the streets and, you know, yeah, it was, it was just the worst thing you would want to hear. It, it was simply targeting a whole community. And so I posted a lot on my Instagram saying like, like, hey, you're loved, but read this. I know, you know, you want to post and you want to be openly on social media, but, you know, make sure that you know that this is this might happen to you. Um, and so, you know, I warned a lot of people like, hey, this I don't know if it's going to happen or not, like if it will or not. But, you know, that that was, I think, the worst experience I've had is that knowing that there were these movements simply just to go against LGBTQ rights and that they do not deserve, you know, any human rights. I think that was the worst experience I've had on um, social media and what I've seen in the media. But I think there's a lot of, you know, great things. And these pictures, um, you know, Neil Patrick Harris, I I love him so much. And he's an extremely great role model um, for the LGBTQ community. Um, when I see his family and his kids, you know, celebrating Pride Month or, you know, anything like that, that that makes my heart warm up. But, you know, I do hope that, you know, in India or um, any other South Asian country that um, there will be, you know, Bollywood actors or actresses or, you know, any um, that are in Hollywood, but are Indian or South Asian, um, that if, you know, they do identify with LGBTQ or, you know, not, because I feel like we all deserve a little bit more representation, you know, that, you know, happens a lot more. Because then, you know, if you're younger and you're seeing that, you know, people can openly live and be happy and be successful as an LGBTQ individual, you know, that's just a great feeling. And I feel like we all deserve to have a role model um, in, you know, the world of success. (laughs) So. Uh, So, yeah, kind of like the last question before we end today, um, what is, what are you most proud about about your LGBTQ community? I think I'm most proud of that our voices are heard um, in a time of fear for the future of LGBTQ individuals, you know, regarding the upcoming election. I think it's really reassuring to know that we have allies and the ability to stand up and speak up. And I hope that as a community, we continue to do so um, to establish that we are human and we deserve human rights. So, yeah. So for those who are in the South Asian community um, who are still thinking about coming out to their families and friends who might about their like identity, what would be some advice you'd give to them? Immediately, um, I think the first thing I would say 
is come out when you know it's safe. You know, from my perspective, I know that it's hard and I know that you want to, but you need to do it when you know that you have a family or friend to lean on. Um, but, you know, just remember that you are loved and that you're cared for. Um, if you're struggling with your sexuality or identity, your journey is just as important. And I hope that you're able to easily and comfortably come to terms with how you identify. Remember that nobody else has a say about your identity except for you, because that is who you are. Um, and for everybody in and out of the community, um, make sure you're safe. And you know, remember that homophobia, you know, is hate speech, and that it's incredibly common in our, you know, electronic world, and it's really easy to partake in. But giving love and support is incredibly important, and remind LGBTQ friends or family that they matter and that you love them. Um, so yeah, thank you, Vision, so much for coming today and talking to us about the LGBTQ community and um, like just being here and sharing your story. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much, Kirti and Sneha, for having me. And everybody else who's listening, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Listeners, we hope you enjoyed hearing Bijan's experience and learned his perspective and about the LGBTQ community. Like Bijan said, educate yourself and understand that people who identify as gay, lesbian, trans, etc. are humans just like you and their sexual orientation is just an addition to their identity. Rather than spreading hate, let's create a more inclusive environment and make positive relationships to support one another. For more information about the LGBTQ community and ways you can support people who identify in this community, go to www.glaad.org for more information. Thanks again and see you all in the next episode.